All right, so welcome to the podcast. I'm a little uh, heated, and I'm just going to go with it. This is all no cuts, no edits. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, this is a episode I'm going to talk about indie games in a way, some of my frustrations with the gaming community, as well as some of the things I love about indie games right now, because it's such a good time for indie games. It's ridiculous. I was going to start the whole podcast with the fact that Core came out. Uh, Epic Games released this thing called Core, which allows anybody to make games on their platform and also creates a instant multiplayer game, which if you've made games, it's difficult to do. Multiplayer, online, server systems, that stuff's tough. So Epic said like, hey, we know how to do this. We're just going to basically create an avatar system. People can make their characters, put like Fortnite type stuff on it different skins, then you can take those things into people's indie games and then boom, you're just uh, playing a game with this avatar that was already made uh, from the beginning. So that's cool. I like that they did that. Um, I actually messed around with the tools and it feels like Unreal. It really does feel like an Unreal engine, uh, which is great. It's simplified uh, and it's easy to get into. And there's a lot of templates, which is great. So you can make a template for a third person shooter a top-down RPG type game, a lot of different templates, and then you've got to do a lot of work. So it's not just like, I mean, if you do the third-person template, it's kind of out of the box. You can just go and you're like playing the game, but it's so basic that, you know, everybody's game would be the same if you don't really change too much. And if you change the graphics and some of the kind of win conditions and double jump ability, it changes it a bit, but not enough to be like, wow, have you played that game? You know, that really stands out because of X or Y, some really cool feature about it. Right now, the cookie cutter versions, I mean, that's just basically, yeah, they're almost all the same game. But um, it's still cool. Like, I was going to start the podcast just saying that. Like, it's really awesome that they created it because so many new people can make games. And I'm all about people making video games. Um, me, myself, I made some. It's really hard. I was going to tell you the stories about um, how I started making games, which I might get to at the end here after I get out this frustrations. And, um, you know, it's been really difficult, like so hard to make games for so long. And now with Core um, and with Dreams and other different programs, you can see that it's, it's becoming much, much easier to a point where at some point... Um, you're going to see people just putting on a helmet and being like, I think of this game. Yes, it there it is. Do you want to play it? By the way, I can't wait for those moments. I feel like it's in my lifetime, in our lifetime, where we have the power to use our brain and it just creates things, which, if that's the case, I really want the computer or helmet or whatever I'm going to be interfacing with to actually um, take my dreams and show them to me. That's like all I want out of life. Just show me my dreams. Now, I'll have to do some editing because, as you know, crazy stuff happens in dreams. Oh, wait, dreams. I was just talking about dreams. Weird. Maybe that's why they called it that. Well, it is in a creation uh, toolkit, your brain. So I hope at some point we can plug in somehow without invasive surgery because, you know, that's a little 
sketchy. Okay, back to the point at hand. It's been tough to make games. It's easier to make games. There's some more toolkits. Shout out to Core. Uh, check it out. Tons of uh, free games basically up there right now, and you can make your own. Shout out to Dreams because it has a weird interface, but I still like it, and there's a lot of great stuff in there. And then shout out to Construct, which is where I've made most of my platformers. Uh, Construct is amazing and so easy out of the box. Their templates are great. Uh, you can really change the style of the game pretty quickly, like as you're making uh, the really simple kind of 2D games. And also shout out to Twine, which you've never heard of it. It's like the way to basically make uh, text adventures, interactive fiction. Uh, and I've made a game in that as well. So great tools out there. Let me get to my frustration, and then we'll come back to my little stories I was going to tell you about the history of coding games. The frustration is I've had um, friends, let's say, we'll keep them nameless, but friends who've released indie games um, all like last year and this year. And so many times do I see like immediately comments are about, oh, this looks, I don't like how this looks, or this is too old school graphics, which by the way, retro is retro. Like that, that's why you're making retro games lots of times. Like it's, it's an aesthetic, you know. But my point is there's so many people that talk shit about games, especially indie games, when they've never even played it. They've never even tried the game. And this is, you could be said this about AAA games as well. Oh, yeah, I saw Outriders. It looks fucking stupid. This happens with other games. I mean, just simply, pretty much any game out there, gaming community, and I put that in quotes, because it should be a community. And it is, lots of times. But just in comments, people's anonymity, anonymity, is that right? Being anonymous makes, makes you like an asshole so many times. Because you're like, ah, oh, I could say a bunch of shit. And it's funny. And outrage culture and negative stuff does so well. Like in videos and in comments, people are like, oh, I'll up like that. He said some funny thing that made that thing look stupid. Okay, so my plea is support indie games, first off. Go to Itch.io, by the way. Tons of good stuff over there. Um, and other platforms. Check out Core, obviously. But... You know, even on the PlayStation Store and on the Xbox Store, like there's so many indie games that come out and people just immediately go past them because they don't like the art or something or like, you know, the, the thumbnail doesn't catch them in two seconds. Calm down with that two seconds thing. Oh, by the way, yeah, I'm so also upset about the thumbnails on YouTube. You know, people only look at you for one second. And if you don't catch or capture their attention in one second, then you might as well give up. Well, you might as well, like, start thinking more. Now, I know part of it is just, like, instinct or whatever, instinctively, you know, lizard brain. But come on, let's be better. Why does a thumbnail have to dictate the whole thing? There's great stuff inside that video. Or there could be. And there can be great stuff inside an indie game. And that's all I'm saying. Um, again, I won't name names. There's so many different indie games and friends who are making games and developers and I'll say this too, for an indie game that you just shit on immediately, uh, remember, just like movies, it takes a lot of fucking work 
to make a game. Now, you might think with all these tools, like, oh, yeah, it's easy now. You can just put something up. Uh, or like, you know, with all this kind of, you've seen what works and what doesn't work in games. Oh, I know how to fucking do third-person shooter or, or you know, loot shoot, looter shooter game or uh, platformer. I know how they work now. But do you, though? But do you, though? Try to make a game. That's all I got to say. Good example is Core. Let's use that as an example to come back to. Open up the third-person shooter template. Start adding skins. Mess around with it, you know. Add artwork. Notice that you can't change your main character unless you do some, some stuff. You know what I mean? And... Yeah, like try to add some animations to the character. Try to make it like your own in any way. Watch how long that takes you. Anywho, um, that's my two cents on that. I got my frustration out. Ugh, it's still kind of there. It's still kind of in the pit of my stomach. It's just so silly. We should be supporting each other. Um, and I'll tell you why in a minute here in my history lesson. But it's we've never been able to make games like we can now. Like we have so many great tools. Let's all try to make games. Let's all support each other. And if it's and you just don't like it, I was gonna say if it's shit, if it's shit to you at some point after you played it and you really don't like it, you can have that opinion. That's fine. I'm just saying, A, don't shit on things you haven't even played, because that's fucking lame. And B, give more games a shot. You know what I mean? Give them more a shot. And it sometimes it takes a minute to play a game and then you realize, oh, like, now I figured out the loop of it and I really do like it. There was this one indie game that, like, I really didn't like the art. I remember. I hated the art. Hate's a strong word. I didn't like the art. And um, I, I really just kept going with it for a bit because it was, like, this fun platform with action. And I loved the combat. I ended up loving the combat. And I haven't seen anything like it, actually, quite since where it did slow motion when you've killed enemies in the air, you know, like a 2D platformer. So cool. Freaking cool. Uh, I forgot the name of it right now, and I apologize. But if I remember, I will put it in the show notes. And that's an example of I had I gave that game a chance, and longer than just like the intro, you know. And I didn't like the art. But I still gave it a chance, and I really ended up loving uh, the huge mechanic of it. So, Okay. Uh, I was just going to say the history lesson and maybe a little bit of background. You know, making video games has been really tough. Um, I'm older than I look, and I started with, well, there was these magazines, and video game magazines, computer magazines, not video game magazines, computer magazines, and in the back of the magazine, they would have a game that you could code, and you had to enter in all the data, all the lines yourself. And then when you did that, it would play the game. It would make, you'd be making a game. And that sounds crazy, right? A lot of it was assembly language, um, just crazy amounts of like lines you have to put down and just type it. And a lot of it didn't make any sense. You're like, what is all this garbage? Just jargon. And if you messed up one thing, like you'd put uh, a period instead of exclamation point or an eight instead of a B, it would not run. That's it. You're fucked. And you had to go back and find the line or fucking thing you messed up in all of that code. Also, I think at the very beginning, there was no saving. 
I feel like I couldn't save it to RAM or anything. I just had to like keep the computer on and then like find the bug and then hit enter and then it would run. Jeez Louise. That's old school. And it made like nothing. It didn't make the games that Core is making. Uh, I mean, it made something for me and I was like, wow, that's cool. Look, a little box is moving around the screen. So then the other thing was Basic, which you might have heard of because there's like very many versions of Basic now. But Basic programming I did on the computer, a PC, but I also did on a Commodore 64. And that was like, you know, 10 print, or quotation mark, hi, I'm Carlos, and quotation mark, uh, you know, go to 10, run, or whatever. And then it would basically just print your name or whatever you just say, hi, I'm Carlos, all on the screen. Uh, not exciting. But then at some point I made a game called Amitslu, which was Ultima backwards, because I'm a big Ultima fan. And, you know, a little character run around the screen and he fell in a pit. And I think that was the end of the game. <laughs> it wasn't much of a game. Um, I got a little bit better at that. And at some point... I think the next time I like thought I was making a game was Game Genie, where Game Genie was basically you take a Nintendo game, you put it into this hardware, this Game Genie, then you put that Game Genie into your Nintendo system, and it would allow you to enter codes, which would basically like screw the game, like change colors, change characters, and a lot of it was random, which I loved. Um, I would do these codes and it would make like Mario's feet go backwards. You could change sprites. Like all of a sudden you're playing as I think princess peach or whatever. Like you could just do weird shit. A lot of it would break the game, like just break it. Like you couldn't play anymore. Like you fucked it up. And maybe that's where the love of bugs and glitches came from. I just realized because I love that stuff. I was like, what's going to happen? I have no idea. Um, that was really fun. So then after that, I guess I messed around with basic more, uh, visual basic, and then different coding languages I was always like bad at. Um, and then, yeah, at some point, Construct came into my life, and I, I love that system. That really made a lot of sense to me. Game Maker, Construct. And then now we're into, you know, Unity, Unreal, Core, and I still like Construct for 2D. If you're making 2D games, I would still suggest that because it's like so fast to get a game made and you can publish it out there to different platforms. But um, yeah, it's just so much easier now. It's just a quick memory lane thing. Uh, we're at time. This is the end of the podcast. Thank you for listening. Uh, give indie games a shot. Don't shit on things immediately before you've played something because that's fucking lame. And... Um, and I support all indies. Let's go. Let's let's make games. It's only a positive thing. Let's just be happy we can make games and play them. Jeez, come on. They help. You know they help. They're fu- they're really helpful. <laughs> okay, bye. Whoa, I hit the table. I gotta buy a new table.